Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Special holiday edition of For All You Kids Out There, a Mets adjacent baseball perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And as it is the holiday season, I feel like it's a time to get together with old friends and reflect on the year that was passed, maybe even a little bit further back. So, for our special holiday edition this year, we have a very old friend, it's Greg Caramo of Mason Avenue. Greg, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good to be here. <laughs> do you remember how to do this? <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> well, the reason we're having you on, so the theme for this year's holiday edition is uh, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And I happened to come across a very uh, <laughs> frightening ghost of Christmas past, or certainly prospectless season past, which is also around this time. And it's our uh, pre-2014 Mets prospect lists over at Amazing Avenue. Like, I mean, why, why, why do this to yourself and to me and to me? (laughs) (laughs) You have no skin in the game anymore. It's just be a fun exercise. I don't, I don't, I don't. don't. And as I said, this was my first prospect list. So I was, I was very, uh, you know, yeah, early in the game for me. Yeah. It was not my first one, and I don't know what my excuse is for some of these. But uh, you can find this on Amazing Avenue. I will post the link to it in the podcast description. I don't want to. I, I want to go specifically over our individual lists because mm-hmm. that's the the most interesting. And our top three were exactly the same. Noah Syndergaard, good job by us. Travis Darno, perfectly fine. Rafael Montero. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the, uh, I think the I don't know if I want to call it the Montero Flores Pueyo year because they were all at Double A, right? And you had like the internal debate over which of the three were actually the best. Um, I believe when I saw, I wrote them all as like OFP sixty, likely fifty, and well, Flores is more or less ended up that. The other two, not so much. I mean, look, I, look. going back and looking at it, putting ourselves back in the time, right, you know, right. when we were putting this list together, it made sense at the time. I mean, the guy had just torn up double A and had done pretty well in triple A. So, I mean, it just, it made a lot of sense. Like, we didn't know at the time that, like, his secondaries just weren't going to play. He wasn't going to attack the zone ever. Um, you know, you, those are certain things I mean, that you, you can't say that, but he posted direct. not, it's not ever because he posted a 34 to five strikeout to walk ratio in 29 innings with the Rangers this year. That is something that is news to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good for him. Uh, as a relief, he's now a, uh, like a multi-inning guy for the, for the Rangers. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. They picked him up as I think when after the Mets DFA'd him after 
Tommy John recovery in 2000. Well, that was always the thing. Yeah. Uh, U8 actually made, made this point before they even called him up. You were a little worried that he was going to be too much of a nibbler, uh, that, that he kind of worked the edges a little bit and didn't really attack the zone and that his stuff wouldn't play up in, in the majors, you know, especially specifically the secondaries. And that's basically what happened. And he just never really attacked the zone and it didn't, you know, it didn't work out. It's the way yeah. it goes. It's the nature of the game. I think like in hindsight too, like that is the kind of prospect that I would not have written as heavy as I did in right. 2013 like, or whatever. It's just we're, like, you need to see it enough where you realize like command is not an out pitch. Right. This is, and this the is command what, I wasn't actually that good. <laughs> put this together six years ago right yeah six years ago. i mean you're a little better at this now yeah i would hope so uh, you're better at this i'm retired you know i mean <laughs> time one of us made the right decision one of us. <laughs> so but you know look it's defensible and in, in, in the yeah. if you if you well, i mean look all of this is defensible if you rewind it back right right well um, we'll a little bit later we might get to one that's a maybe, little less maybe. defensible but i mean come on Everything's defensible once you get past 15. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so this was, you ranked Pueyo ahead of Flores. I ranked Flores ahead of Pueyo. We were very into the Cesar, Cesar Pueyo era back then. We we all loved Pueyo. I mean, we, we were all Pueyo stands back in the day. This is the kind of prospect uh, they didn't really have for a while in this period. And now they have again, I guess, a little bit more. He had, like, he had a ton of tools, man. Yeah, right? Like, tools, I mean, yes. yeah, you know, speed tool, you know, speed arm, power, you know, all that. And it was just very exciting at the time. Yeah. And 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 this is the year. So this is the year that he was coming off of that amazing double uh, A season that he had. Three twenty six, four hundred three, five forty seven, and a half season in double A. I mean, which was a half season because he got popped for biogenesis, but. Yeah, well, you know, details, but yeah. six, 16 Maybe in hindsight, 20. a bit more of a major one. Yeah, probably. Uh, but look, at the time, it was really exciting. I mean, yeah. I think I think you had you had seen him that year, I believe. Um, he always looked good when I saw him. He made adjustments like first half to second half against double-A stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I almost feel like I was low on him at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't actually like, like looking back, you see Rob's list and he put him at, at, at six behind Dom Smith and Wilmer Flores. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I want go back in time and it's, you know, I, I don't know if I can defend that <laughs> in the moment. Um, right, he's still kicking around by the way. He bounced between the, uh, Marlins and angel system this year. He actually hit a. Yeah. Uh, he hit three nine. He I remember he came up for like two weeks for the Angels. Hit the cover off the ball and still got DFA. I think it was when like Trout was out for two weeks or whatever. I, I'll say that he popped up on like my fantasy radar. Like I almost <laughs> streamed him in a fantasy <laughs> league, and so I feel like that's a win for for yeah, him. You, you know, for us. He's only twenty eight. Um, I think he's playing a uh, Dominican Winter League ball somewhere. I think I actually saw he's in the Dominican. He's in one of the Dominican playoffs. I saw his name on a lineup the other day that got. Yeah, I'm sure he'll play there for another half decade at least. Do you have any old like Caesar Pueyo stories that you can like unearth? You can that, tell like, now? Had, Not really. Now that, he wasn't yeah. well. Okay, so there was the. Uh, I don't know if you remember. He was going to get. He was out of options going into uh, 2014, 2015. Yeah, going, out of okay. options going into 2015. Um, and I think probably like Omar and I added him in like 2010 or something. <laughs> <laughs> probably. But he got added whenever he was first eligible. So that was his last option year. And uh, the Mets were going to DFA him, but he claimed a back injury. So they had to pull oh, him back yeah. and put him on the DL for the whole season. But this is like when he was in uh, like spring training, right? Yeah, this was when he was in spring training. Yeah, yeah, so he gets major league. Yeah, so he got the full major league. They pulled back. He, I think, he filed a grievance when they were going to cut him. And look, I assume there was actually a back injury there. Um, the Mets at the time might have been telling people that he was faking it. 
but consider the source <laughs> I mean, at the exactly. time. Exactly. Come on. I mean, speaking of Raf- – <laughs> we can go back to Rafael Montero and his mysterious shoulder injury that Terry Collins was, like, driving down to Port St. Lucie to yell at him about in uh, – <laughs> A couple of years ago, so well, he was driving. He was driving up from Miami, or up right? from my were... up. Technically, yes, yeah, Miami, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So the Mets' uh, <laughs> reliability in these kind of matters is, and like, good for him. I saw him in the GCL eating sunflower seeds with like Luis Mateo on the little little beachers. Not a care in the world. Five hundred fifty thousand a year. Hey, I mean, he made, look, he's uh, been collecting that paycheck for a while now. Good for him. He made one. He made got into one game in the GCL that year, three at bats, and then went to the Dominican Winter League. Oh man! And has since yeah. popped up for the Yankees, Angels, Rays, back to the Angels, Texas. Oh, where is this? I forgot. Oh yeah, he that season in Reno, San Francisco. He's been like the itinerant up and down roll three. I'm sure he's getting good uh, minor league splits as a priority on our eye. Good for him. Yeah. So you broke okay. with you broke with convention here pretty early and went with uh, Brandon Nemo and Dominic Smith at five and six. And you're a well known yeah. Brandon Nemo stan, so I was always a stan of, of Nemo because. So back when I back when I started doing this, right? You, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going out to games like back when I in the very beginning and like there wasn't really a lot of MILB TV feeds things like that so like you spend a lot of this you know kind of scouting the stat line Mm -hmm. and reading other people's reports and kind of co you know putting it all together um this was the broken hand season in savannah yeah 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 but like he was uh the thing i loved about nimmo was just his ability his eye and his ability to get on base like back back then i was a big fan of guys who just had a good eye and can get on base you know as you can see by like my Chase placement Floyd. of you know, I, well, I was going to say that, but I was going to say Danny Muno. Yeah, Danny Muno uh, is a good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, these are guys who could work the count. And, Champ and Stewart, on, not so know, much, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, if 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 Alan Dykstra was around, you know, I probably put him on my list. So, like, these are the guys that I really liked back then. So, um, yeah, no, I was, I was a big I was a big Nimmo fan back then. Um, just and 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 you know, he had tools. He was. He came out like people um, when he was drafted. People thought he was a big, you know, kind of upside pick. Um, you know, that that wasn't a, a conventional pick for the Mets at the time. So there was a lot to be excited about. Um, and he, he I mean, I mean he's, he had he's a, essentially turned into what the good version of what you know the prospect version would be. So it's true. It's true. It's actually been. It's been a really like long, windy road yes, to that yes. point. Uh, and you know, you had to go, th- <laughs> you had to like keep the faith for a long time during this period. But, uh, I mean the 2013 season, he's still putting up a 397 on base percentage, you know, right. in the minors that year. And so, you know, as a young guy, uh, it's defensible at the time. I mean, I only had him two spots below you. I had played, yeah, yeah, I had Dom like at six and yeah. We're not making big bold moves. We're not making, there's no big bold moves here. Uh, there might be one big bold move that I'm. So I put. I guess we all had Steven Matz in the same area. Okay. Yeah, you had him. You had him in the. The only person. Okay. You had him at nine. And Steve had him at nine. Yeah. Steve had him at nine as this well. This was also this is the Savannah season. He was finally right. healthy. He, yeah. 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 And you probably. I mean, did you see him that year? Oh, I did. I saw him. He pitched six ish, pretty good. I can probably find the exact start because uh, I saw him and you know, oh, it's a funny story. We'll get to it, but I saw him, you know, and Verrett in the same series. Mm. And this is when uh, like Toby was doing the the radio down there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this was in Lakewood. I went, I think I go down there that season at some point. I might have, I might have gone down later. This was fairly early on. I think, and they were still kind of rolling him back from Tommy John. He had been at Kingsport the previous year. Yeah, this was his third start of the year. He threw five uh, five shutout innings. There's not a actual pitch count. It was 2013, so I probably charted every pitch he threw. Um, I'm going to guess it was like, say, 70 pitches. He threw two sliders 
everything else but the fastball is from 91 to 94 miles an hour. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, what do you do with that? No, I mean... <clears throat> it was quite good. Um, he pitched, if I recall correctly, he pitched a near no-hitter in the playoffs that year for them, too. I believe that's the year that Savannah won the title. Is that the other one? Yeah. yeah. He won with Savannah and he won with uh, Binghamton. That sounds vaguely familiar. But he was an injury-prone guy, and he had kind of arm trouble a little bit, I feel like, throughout the minors. Um, well, and probably, I mean, and, you say that, but he uh, he threw 106 innings that year, which for a guy that was drafted in 2009 and hadn't, didn't pitch in 2009, 2010, 2011, or 2012, or only 29 innings in 2012, you know, it's a pretty big jump. And he went to 140 next year between uh, St. Lucie and Binghamton. And then yeah. he threw 140 plus the playoffs. He missed some time because of a back issue because of his, I mean, as I recall, his, he, had, he was sleeping on a terrible bed or something. I remember this. He got called yeah. up in 2015. So he missed yeah. like three weeks or something in August. But. It's been surprising that he's had, I guess he hasn't been super durable and hasn't, no. But like, 160 innings this year, 154 previous year. He's made 30 starts both these. And like it's not, in like the modern era, that's not all that bad. No, it's not bad. I mean, he hasn't been particularly good. He's basically turned into a league average starter. And I do think there have been yeah. injuries along the way that's kind of eroded. So like the stuff he showed when he first came up, when he had like the slider and the curve and flashed a pretty good change, it was more consistently right. like mid-90s. But, like, he pocketed the slider at some point because he felt like it was hurting his arm. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's always, like, that hint of, like, there's always that fear that he's, he's you know, kind of got some kind of issue going on. Um, but, yeah, he's been, he's been uh, you know, very good. I mean, look, for, for the number nine prospect yeah. back then, you got to say that's a win. At number 10... Greg, I uh, I put Gabriel Anoa ahead of uh, just just to name a few, uh, yeah. Michael Fulmer, uh-huh. Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's not. I mean, Luis Luis Sess was probably a little bit better than he is, although he had kind of vaguely similar major league careers. I don't consider that yeah. that's within the yeah. margin of error, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess technically higher than Jairus Familia, who both of us forgot to rank this year. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? Yeah. I'm sure there's um, an email thread from 2013 with us being confused about whether or not yeah, he was this is eligible. Definitely, this is definitely pretty slack. Hmm. Um, yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, look, you, you, you made bold calls on, you know. Oh, man. Uh, but... Hey, he made the majors. He, he he's did. made he's he's made a lot of starts in the majors. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> um, I think uh, what headed, you said now is career. Yeah, Japan. Or, or he's Japan. Okay. Yep. You would think like so. going from the Orioles and the American League East and that ballpark and that team, like anywhere else would help him, especially in uh, NPB, which isn't quite at the same level of competition. But I was doing some research on this, and it turns out his home park, uh, for your cult, has a the home run factor, not the whole park factor. But the home run factor is one point seven eight. <laughs> oh, it's not great. That's not good. That's not gonna work out. Uh, this year, he gave up twenty nine home runs and one hundred and ten innings for Baltimore. The thing is, he was good at the beginning of the season. And it just kind of, I was not victory lapping it or anything, but I was, I was watching intently. He got off to a pretty yeah, good I mean, start as like, he, they started him as a reliever and he ended up like a long man, he took a couple starts. So the Mets gave him away for cash. Yes. And, uh, we, you know, we were all at the time very upset. Didn't make any sense. Mm. With, uh, with the benefit of hindsight. How do you feel about it now? I mean, it Does still it... didn't really make any sense because they probably could have gotten a better offer from somebody. Sure. Because the opportunity cost of trading him. 
also, I mean, I wrote about this in the 3,000-something word transaction analysis about Yanoa that I made Craig publish at Baseball Prospectus. Uh, you know, they were assuming a whole lot of pitcher health for 2017 based on that, which did not come to fruition. Right. So they didn't really have the pitching depth. Now, look, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, the main issue with him is the fastball command was just never there. Because if you look at it on its face, like the fastball slider combo, he was up mid-90s in short bursts uh, shortly after getting called up. But, uh, yeah, just never really came together for him sort of command pitchability. And again, I can't imagine pitching in that Orioles organization. He also had some shoulder issues last year. You know, uh, anyway, here's some uh, pitchers mm-hmm. that made starts for the Mets in 2017. Okay. Yeah. So obviously what you'd expect, uh, DeGrom, Gazelman, I feel Montero made 18 starts that year through 119 mm. innings for the Mets in 2017. Uh, Seth Lugo was still a starter. Uh, the desiccated corpse of Matt Harvey was still a starter. Uh, Zach Wheeler made 17 starts before his elbow started barking. Steven Matz made 13, I think, intermittently with his elbow barking. Uh, Chris Flexen, 9. Tommy Malone, 5. Tyler Pill, 3. Adam Wilk, 1. Wow. Tommy Malone, or... Uh... How about that? Yeah, and I think that's why it popped up so many times um, that people didn't really think it made any sense. But they had to clear that 40-man spot. They did for Fernando Salas. <laughs> well. So let's talk about Jacob DeGrom. Let's do it. Uh, we ranked him as the 13th best prospect in the system, both of us. Right. Now I've talked at length about the reasoning for this. Yeah. I mean, again, based off what I saw, pretty justifiable. I think, again, six years on, if I saw the same pitcher with that profile, it would have been a little bit more amenable. Mm-hmm. I probably would have run him up in like the Herrera Mats range, you know, back of the top 10 OFP 55 type guy. Mm-hmm. It's because like the body was good. I saw him on a dog shit day. It's like ninety five and humid, and he looked like he was laboring. Where and where did you see him? I saw him in New Britain. This is in Double A. Okay, but again, I mean, I've told through... a story. I've told all the story about how, like, you know, you know, based on what he was throwing that year, you couldn't really have projected what he turned into, which is true. But, right. um. The year before, Greg, mm. I skipped out on a Monday getaway day when Savannah was in town that he was supposed to pitch. I think that's actually when I saw Verrett. It was like Verrett and a couple other guys. Verrett, Tapia, and somebody else, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pitched like a complete game shutout and struck out like 13 dudes. And I always <laughs> wonder, I don't know if it would have made a difference. But I always wonder if I got like the really good fuck you look. If I would have been more amenable like a year later to running him up higher. Because you always want like, you want to know what a representative look is. Like I didn't know if watching him that whether it's a representative look or not. By the same token, do you want to guess what Jacob deGrom's ERA in double A was that year? In double A in 2013. 2013. He split time. It was between, high. It was. It was no, he high. split between. Yeah, it was not low. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it right now. So yeah. Four point eight ERA. He yeah. struck out forty four guys in sixty innings as a twenty five year old. Now, don't scout the right. stat line naturally, but right. the stuff was better than that. That's the kind of guy that you think, oh, it'll play up in relief when you see that kind of profile. Yeah, Tyler Pill or whatever, you know. Hmm. <laughs> But, that was less likely. Live arm. Yeah, that was, athletic, that was less likely. Yeah. He had a and weird then, year that year because he he went through like three levels. Yeah. And it was all there was all these weird moves that, you know, kind of led to that. The um 
so because like I, I wrote the uh, this the season preview uh, for Jacob Degrom going mm. into 2014 that season, mm. and basically like the uh, so the Mets purchasing the contract of Carlos Torres, Colin McHugh that being designated DFA, yes. for assignment, right? That opened then, up a spot in and Zach Wheeler being promoted. Yeah. That opened up a spot in Vegas, and so he gets a random, he gets pulled all the way up from high A all the way up to triple A mm. in a single season, you know. He was old for the, the level, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he, he broke his hand. He had Tommy John. All and that stuff. Vegas, the next year he goes, before he gets called up, 38 innings, 29 strikeouts, 10 walks, 2.5 ADR, right? Which is fine. for It's good for Vegas. Yeah. Good performance. The underlying peripherals might not uh, support it. But uh, then comes up and wins rookie of the year. Has a lower ERA in the majors in 191 innings. Sorry, yeah. 140. Anyway, wrong. 140, yeah. Yeah. And he came up, I mean, when he came up, you it know, was like it immediate. wasn't like he was... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like... I don't know what Wartham was doing with those guys, like, on their first side session. Yeah. Whatever he was doing, it was working. Because, like, the velocity bumped up, too. Yeah. And, you know, the... Save his first Warthen, Warthen slider, whatever. I mean, the game log is, it's not that, I mean, he comes out, he's fine, and then he struggles a little bit, and then he just really comes into the zone. Yeah. Let's see if I can find the, yeah, the game logs only go back to 2014. I mean, his, yeah, his first start is against the Yankees. Right, in Yankee Stadium. On May 15th. And he goes seven innings, strikes out six, gives up one run. Yeah, hard luck loser because it was the Mets. I remember the game well. I was watching it in some weird place. I wasn't like watching it at my house. Yeah, and it is, I mean, it's just his you know, next start is six innings, three runs. Next start, six innings, six and two thirds, no runs, five walks though. Hmm. Next inning is another quality start. It's 11 strikeouts against the Phillies. Jeez. And he wasn't even going to be a starter when they called him up, but I think it was, I don't remember which order G and Nice went down in, but they went down one after the other, so they needed a second starter behind Montero, too. They called him up at the same time. I just remember, like, at, with almost every start, it was like, all right, when are they going to send this guy down? Yeah. Okay, oh, he pitched well again. Okay, okay, pitched well again. Okay. Because then they also had Montero, and every, right? Yeah. And then and Montero, I think it was Montero. Yeah. And you were like, you know, okay, this guy's going to be the starter. And then it was just not the case. It was not. All right, so scanning over the rest of our lists yep. quickly. Um I couldn't talk you out of Jace Boyd, apparently. <laughs> Look, you, you go back, right? Mm. He's still an outfielder at this point, right? No, he's first base when he went in the outfield because he couldn't throw. He had thoracic outlet but, syndrome. But, but like, no one knew that he had thoracic outlet syndrome at mm. that time, right? I think it was a known thing in college. I don't think you all knew he couldn't throw widely, like, at all. Okay. Yeah, because, like, I mean, I, I saw videos of him later trying to throw and it was bad it was not good no it was like ryan zimmerman-esque right but if you go back i mean he, he i think he put up like a 440 on I'm base sure it's a very I mean, high on base percentage in in, in savannah as a 22 year old yeah. fine with not a lot of power mm. um but you know power comes later whatever yeah I, I, you can you know you could squint and, and make a case for him being as the twenty first prospect yeah, in the sure, next system right. at that time. Come on, come on. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I also ranked. Uh, let's see, Jeff Walters, Jared King, Vic Black. I really believed in Jared King after his Brooklyn season in two thousand thirteen. Vic, but hey, I heard broke uh, his leg in Savannah. The next year was never the same. I was the high man on Wilfredo Tovar. You were. Still popping up. Majors. Played for the Angels this year. I mean, it's a, on, man. having a good shortstop glove will keep you employed for a very long time. How about Domingo Tapia? Domingo Tapia? It's in the yeah. Red Sox system last I checked. Wow, he's still kicking around. Oh, yeah. He's like a triple-A reliever. He has been for a yeah. while. 
Hasn't actually made the majors yet. Um, and I don't see. Like, he's kicked around. Yeah, he was in Louisville in 2017 and 18. Pawtucket this year. Might just be about running out for him. He was not very good in Pawtucket this year. Serviceable one to two inning guy for the Reds previous to that. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Again, a profile I would view a lot differently nowadays than uh, I did then. Looking back at like the secondary yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he like threw a hundred. He did. I think when I saw him in Spain, he only got up to 99, but certainly in there and reports of it. And like, it was threw- a tough angle. It was like a low three quarter slot, bored in on righties. He just really didn't have anything else. There weren't a lot of guys who threw 99 in the med system back in those days. I mean, even there weren't a lot of guys that threw 99, period, back then. It's changed fairly rapidly. Mm. Like,. I don't think it was this year, but I think last year on the Fisher Cats, they had like three dudes sitting like 96 to 99 out of their pen. But yeah, then Mets didn't really have any Dick Black, I guess, is that guy too. I feel like I've said enough about is... Casey Meisner over the years. Yeah, I mm. think so. It's also a much better system. This is like the peak of the Mets system. I guess maybe after 2015 when Mats and Rosario both popped and Mats was still eligible. But, I mean, they had Syndergaard and Darno were, you know, top 20 prospects in baseball that year, probably. Yeah. You know, Mont- I'm sure Montero made some prospect lists. Flores probably did. Look, a that lot of guys made the majors on here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, out of these 25 guys, the only ones on my list that didn't make the majors at all were Tapia. Oh, Mazzoni made it. Tapia, Meisner, Becerra, Walters, and King. And again, nobody, everybody in the top 15 made it. Uh, and on Did yours, we- I think it's just Champ Stewart, Andrew Church, and Tapia. Jace Boyd. And Jace Boyd, yeah. That's pretty good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm. There's anything interesting on Steve and the universe ranked Matt and Decker. You had a better career than some of the guys we did. It happens. <laughs> one of the first, uh, when I applied to Mason Avenue, one of the first questions was, um, what is Matt Dendecker's career uh, look like five years from now? Hmm. And it was that was back when we thought that he was going to be basically what um, Ligaris turned into. Exactly. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't think they bothered quizzing me when I got, but I have no memory of that. I just remember sending that was back, an email. No, that was back when Rob was running things. Yeah. I don't remember what actually happened. Those are our ghosts of Christmas past. We'll now move on to our ghosts of Christmas present. And you were not aware of this until I sent it to you. No, no. It shows how out of the loop I am. I mean, it's fine. You're not on Twitter. You're probably better off. Um, the Mets released a holiday video uh, last week. Yeah. Mm, it's, it's difficult to describe. It's halfway between not- like Polar Express level yeah. animation and that like is it taiwanese company that does like animations of news stories no <laughs> with like stick figures yeah i'm not something? i'm not i'm not sure what they're going for like they have like a i don't know if i want to call it lifelike 
but a realistic depiction of Jacob deGrom. Mm -hmm. Really creepy close yeah. of him pitching a ball and hitting a tree. A tree. A tree. And the so ball like, rolls to a squirrel and, and with the Jeff McNeil jersey on. Yeah. And the squirrel is a squirrel. It acts like a squirrel. It then rolls the baseball, which becomes a snowball at the feet of a polar bear that acts like a human mm -hmm. in a Pete Alonso jersey. The squirrel is now on the polar bear's shoulder. The polar bear hits the snowball past a bunch of snowmen with Mets jerseys on them that all look the same from the back. And it turns back into a baseball. Happy holidays from the Mets. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean... so they paid money for this, obviously. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was done in-house. Probably not. I, you know, I thought... At first, when he was throwing the baseball at the tree and you said, this is so weird, I thought this was going to be some kind of like nightmare before Christmas thing. Mm. He throws the baseball into the tree. It comes out on the other side. It's like Halloween or something <laughs> like that. <you> know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a strange, it's a strange one. But you know, happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs> For the Mets. <laughs> uh, I noticed they didn't actually have uh, any of their new signings represented. No Rick Porcello. No uh, Jake Marisnik. Mm. Michael Waka. <laughs> Didn't get Marcus Stroman's New Jersey number, but yeah, yeah, it hasn't been the uh, the most stellar of off-season moves. Though apparently they're <laughs> they are leaking to Joel Sherman of the Post that they're in on Nolan Arenado. <laughs> A week after <laughs> leaking to just about what? anyone, they had to clear money to uh, sign Rick Porcello. So they're definitely taking on Arenado's two hundred and fifty million or whatever's left on it. Did they clear the money by restructuring the Cespedes? That is what it appears. That appears to be the case. Okay. Um, I would not be shocked if they still try to unload the Jed Lowry deal. But mm -hmm. I would assume that's going how it's going to work. But though you have to keep in mind, Greg. For the, purpo the, for the purposes of budgeting or what they consider their 2020 payroll to be, they are counting Cespedes hitting every incentive in there. Which brings it back up into the 20s, in, in right? 20 million, yeah. So they're going to tell you they're up against whatever. Blah, blah, blah. That's what they're going to consider their payroll to be. But in reality, they're going to be paying out tens of billions less. Yes. And the same with probably with Waka. They're going to count him as making all his incentives. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's the way it and works. Are they, are they planning on trading one of the incumbent starters? Is that, is that part that's of That's a good question. I have no idea. Michael Waka <laughs> seemed fairly certain that he was going to be a starting pitcher this year. I assume Rick Porcello is as well. Maybe somebody gets like, hurt. That's always fault. I mean, who are they trading? That's what I understand. I, I didn't understand it. And I, like, as a guy, you know, who just kind of pays attention to this stuff, but mm. doesn't really delve in too deep, deeply on it. Um, six starters yeah. is uh, one too many. Mm. <laughs> so, and what you definitely want to do, I mean, they've talked about running six man rotations before, but what you definitely want to do is give a percentage of Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, and Noah Syndergaard starts to Michael Waka. That is uh, just a smart baseball. Is it one of those situations where they're going to see how spring training plays out? I mean, then... sure. Somebody might get hurt. I mean, I guess the most... I mean, so like at this point, with Cole, Strasburg, Bumgarner, and Wheeler all signed this would be the time where if you were going to shop Syndergaard again, you would start re-engaging on that. Because mm. there's nobody on the market close to him. Right. So you could look at, I don't know. Texas seems to be doing their own thing based on what they're doing with pitching. Mm -hmm. They sign these like weird three-year contracts. Reclam Multi-year reclamation projects. They've had a fair amount of success with so far. Mike Minor, Lance Lynn. 
Don't you think that having seen the way the Jacob deGrom situation has played out, the way the Wheeler situation played out, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't it be make sense to kind of offer this guy a contract now? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that gets tricky and into the ownership situation in terms mm-hmm. of what they're who has to sign off on a contract that would stretch into the second ownership group. So it's not like they're just planning to sell a few years from now. Like when the, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the learner kids sell the team after their father dies or steps back. And it's possible somebody gets, ends up holding the bag with all that deferred money, but it's not an active process. And who's ever buying that, who's ever purchasing the team down the line will know that's on the books. This is, mm-hmm. like with all things involving the Will Ponds, weird and nebulous, and you half think it's a scam based but on how they're doing the transfer. It's still, re- like, it's a reported situation, right? It's right, nothing's sure. been official, right? It's just unclear who actually has, like, side art power on this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, Fred and Jeff remain the controllers in business terms, whatever that means. So they're basically in a situation where they're not going to be, you know, putting up multi-year contracts. I mean, they don't like to do that anyway. But uh, wait, true, 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 true. But I don't know. But yes, to answer your question, it would make sense to offer Syndergaard something like the I don't know Strasbourg extension, the original one, not the new contract or something like that. Right. And just be uh, just be done with it. I mean, it's also possible that there's some short-termism going on because um, you, know, you would assume Van Wagenen's a lame duck because Cohen's going to want to bring in... Again, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but they might view like the next two years as sort of their all-in window. If... <laughs> and they might want the, and they might want the flexibility to deal Syndergaard if need be. I don't know what like a structured what a deal like that would look like. They'd obviously be filling major league holes with him hypothetically. If you're going all in, this is definitely this, the off season you wanted to have, I think. <laughs> yes. It's not like they needed uh Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg. And I mean, look, you can think Zach Wheeler got paid too much money yet. Quote unquote, too much money all you want, but. You still hire a lot better than uh, Rick Porcello. Yeah, but since we started we... looking into the okay. future, yeah, mm-hmm. let's go, let's go to the ghosts of Christmas yet to come. Mm. So, five seasons from now, when uh, Steve Cohen and his billions of dollars take over the Mets. Who do you want them to sign? And I'll just I'll just list mm-hmm. off some names here. I need mm-hmm. my need my top three. These are the twenty twenty five free agents. So after the twenty twenty four season, I'll give you some of the uh, some of the highlights. Thirty uh, four year old. That's not even the thirty four. I mean, thirty four year old Garrett Cole has an opt out. Thirty mm-hmm. uh, six year old Chris Sale will have his uh, contract expire. As will thirty seven year old Jacob Degrom. Paul Goldschmidt, a 35-year-old Giancarlo Stanton, 35-year-old Jose Altuve, uh, 41-year-old Joey Votto, 31-year-old Alex Bregman. Now we get to some of the uh, fun and interesting ones. 28-year-old Eloy Jimenez. Well, that's technically a club option, so it'll probably get exercised. Um, if it's not getting exercised, he probably doesn't uh, fit for the purposes of this activity. But then we can get really fun and sort of the yeah. purpose of... Uh, some of these guys might sign extensions. We don't know. But potential 2025 free agents. The Mets will be super flush with money. 30-year-old Walker Bueller. Mm. Mm, intriguing. I think they do this by like when the dude came up. Which makes it difficult to find what I want. Uh, 28-year-old Victor Robles. 
Yeah, you know what these guys are going to look like necessarily. Twenty-six-year-old uh, Juan Soto. <laughs> That's going to be a contract. That is. <laughs> yeah. Twenty-six-year-old Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yes. Thirty-year-old Austin Meadows. Twenty-nine-year-old Chris Paddock. Twenty-six-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. Twenty-eight-year-old Glaber Torres. Thirty-year-old uh, Pete Alonso. Wow. Thirty-year-old mm. uh, Shane Bieber. Anybody else here actually worth talking about? I like Pablo Lopez, but probably not. I think I think um, Fernando Tatis is at the top of that list. He's very me. young. It's a good skill set. You figure Vlad Jr. is probably at first base by that point. Mm. So, or a DH at that point. Are you seen the pictures of him from Winterball? Dude's skinny now. No. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he was thick. He's yeah. I mean, he's not thin, but he's he's uh, in the best shape of his life. Uh, as as you do. It is that time of year. Matt's been saying the same thing about J.R. Smilia, so. <laughs> uh, talk about a contract that didn't work out that well. I think I want Juan Soto. Juan Soto, so you want him over Victor Robles? I think so. Um, Look, I think now. Robles is going to be is going to get better as a hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juan Soto uh, through his age twenty season two eighty seven four oh three five thirty five. <laughs> He's twenty. Also potentially going to get better. Yeah, it's hard to argue with uh, free agents that are twenty six years old. Yeah, who are also kind of historically great. In the present. The problem with the pitchers, there's certainly pitchers on there that intrigue me, but I don't really like Paddock and Bueller might not stay healthy. Of course, but that's everybody. It's true. That is everybody. I thought Bo Bichette would have been a free agent. uh, He also came up this year. Came up late, though. He did come up late, but... I'm pretty sure Vlad was still back the or back the clawback date. And it says 2026 for him. I don't know how that works. But he's one that uh, intrigues me. He had a very strong debut. I feel like these guys... I mean, who who of these guys do you think will get extended? Do you think like the Padres will get creative with Tatis? Uh, I mean, they can. The, those, the cheap arbitration years will coincide with like the back end of the Hosmer deal and Hosmer's middle loaded Myers is almost done you know they have a fair amount of money on the books for the next few years but this should be manageable for them um that Hosmer like deal you know, and they, they have like a fairly staggered pipeline because like Tatis will probably you know, maybe Gore Patino gets up next year, but probably like for service time purposes, it'll be late enough that they'll be two years behind Tatis and, you know, the next sort of crop of A ball guys are probably another year or two behind that. So they can stagger these and obviously not, not all of them will work out. Look at it for as good as the Padre system has been. Tatis is really the only like and Paddock are the only real big hits so far. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, you only start nine dies, you only need a few more. But maybe it hasn't been as... Um, you know, it's a more interesting minor league system than it is sort of major league team at this point. I'm just looking at our top ten that just went up. You know, Abrams, so Patino and Gore could be up this year, but probably next year. Abrams was a first-round prep pick this year. Campiasano's a catcher in A-ball. 
I mean, Tremel will be up this year. Morijan can't stay healthy. Arias is a shortstop in A-ball. Baez is up but a reliever. Weathers is a few years away. So they have, you know, they can certainly, they have a pipeline set up. And they only need a couple more hits here. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like their system isn't, the system is certainly deeper than the Dodgers. And I think this is the first year where it's like clearly a lot better than the Dodgers. But I also don't know if that makes up the gap on like the difference between the major league teams and their willingness to really spend to the tax. Because like that's the thing. If the Padres had gone out and gotten Strasburg and I guess Arenado doesn't really fit on the left side, but they've gone out and gotten like, I mean, they need an outfielder and they traded for Trent Grisham, like Strasburg and Ozuna or something. I think it looks yeah, a little did, bit different. Like, But they're so hamstrung by it, like the Myers contract and the Hosmer contract. really. I mean, good. yeah, those aren't cheap by any stretch of the imagination, but they really don't have that much guaranteed money this year. They have a lot of pre-arb guys. I mean, here's like the thing though, their starting lineup, like on roster resource right now, yes, yeah, Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado, like Tommy Pham, okay, I like Tommy Pham, he's a good regular, mm-hmm. you know, Eric Hosmer has not been great, Trent Grisham has had one good season as a prospect and it was last year. And wasn't amazing in the majors, admittedly, you know, cameo appearance. Uh, Francisco Mejia, who I like, but he has never really completely put it together. Franchi Cordero, who's Franchi Cordero. I love Franchi. That's all Franchi, but. And Jerks and Profar. Hmm. Like, that's not. You know, obviously, Hedges is going to catch a fair bit with uh, Mejia in a timeshare there, too. Uh, and their rotation is Chris Paddock, Garrett Richards, Zach Davies, Joey Lucchesi, and Denilson Lamette. Like, that's not great. No. I mean, the nice thing about it is the bullpen's pretty decent. The nice thing is there's, like, obvious holes that you can fix, but I don't know, man. I don't know how that's going to how that's gonna work for them this year. Arizona got a little better. Rockies are a mess. The Giants are a mess. So, yeah, I like to place long odds World Series bets mm. in the off season every year. And I had among the teams I picked last year were the Padres. And it, yeah, I mean it wasn't bad. Didn't that work out. Sort of like the Brewers year early energy. Yeah, I think they had yeah. possibly to go that way. I could so be the White Sox for... this year, although they yeah, might I be had... doing enough now that it's not. The odds aren't going to be that great. I already, I already booked uh, the White Sox this year, so we're good. At, we're good on that. As long as we're doing the ghost of, who did the ghost of Christmas or the ghost of Christmas futures, uh, bets, futures, futures bets? Current last year, so let's see. Last year, I had the Padres, the Twins. Yeah, that worked out well. Yeah, and uh, and the Rays. So Padres, Twins, and the Rays is pretty good. Um, let's see. Uh, the Yankees, unsurprisingly, are the favorite at plus 350. Yeah, White Sox at plus 5,000 are good. Let's see what I got them at. Reds at 4,500 aren't bad. That central's weird. I don't really buy the Reds, but... The Reds, the Reds were weird because they had like a positive, almost a positive run differential last year. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I do have the Padres this year. I got the Padres at fifty to one. Yeah, yeah. I got the White Sox at sixty-five to one. You got them good then. They're already down to fifty to one here. That's pretty good. Oh, my God, that's not look good. Rangers at 90-1 to 1 are interesting. I was looking at the Rangers because they're, they're somebody who might actually spend some money between now and yeah. 
or you know trade something, do something. They've been busy. They've also been linked to Arenado, Miguel Andahar, a couple other dudes trying to fill their fill their gaps in. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have the White Sox, the Padres, and I have the Rockies at one hundred to one. So what are you looking most? The, what are you looking most forward to for the twenty twenty Mets? Most twenty. My most thing I'm looking see Degrom, mm-hmm. maybe the comeback of Ioannis Cespedes. <laughs> um, see if Pete Alonso can keep it up. Um, I mean, look, they they had a good second half of the year last year. And they played like almost a hundred win team after the trade deadline. Yeah. It's still a, a, a decent team on paper. I'm sure the projection systems are going to spit them out around 85, 86, yeah, something like that. There. I thought right? somebody like – well, Zips just went up today. Let me take a look. For the Mets? Or, or in the last or... week, Zips just went up for the Mets, yeah. So huh. it has them – just looking at this quickly – uh, also, says their bullpen is five wins above replacement, which is ambitious. Uh, six, seven, 13, 13 and a half, 21, uh, 24, 29, 37. You'll say we'll call it 41 wins above replacement. And what's replacement like forty something? It's like forty three point something. Mm-hmm. Number one Easier. comp for Jacob Degrom is Greg Maddox. That's interesting. That's very nice. Let's see what they're actually saying. Blah, blah. Yes, I know the math. Okay, 47 to 48. So that has them as a high 80 wins team. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if I buy it, but there's no individual projection I look at and say, you know, everything here looks fairly. I mean, Jed Lowry's not getting one and a half, but. I'm looking yeah, at that. Just looking at like the triple slash numbers. They all look sort of broadly plausible. Yeah. Max Maroff. I forgot they traded for Max Maroff. Or signed Max Maroff. Look, the problem the problem with the twenty twenty Mets is the lack of depth. Yeah, I mean, it's the same it's the same issue they have every year. Mm-hmm. And when I say depth, you know, it's it's Beyond the twenty-five man roster, you know what I mean. It, right. At the end of the year, you ended up you ended up using like forty-two players or some something crazy oh, like yeah. that. And who in Triple A or Double A? Max Moran is on their way. Jarrett Parker. Ali <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> Sanchez, yeah. who is on the forty. Ali Sanchez. Some of these guys they just list because they were them. Here last. Oh, Tim Tebow's down here still. Mm. Good for him kicking around. 162, 220, 241. Mm. If he put that up, I'd actually be impressed. Travis Tyrone's still kicking around. Yeah, he was in AAA last year. A AAA killer. Wow. Gavin Cicchini still in the system? He's a minor league free agent now, but it's last team. So that's how the project is projecting what his last team was. Mm. Yeah, I know they got a lot of uh, good kind of NRI guys last year. I mean, good. But they got, you know, the Carlos Gomez types, Rajay Davis. Sure. Guys they, you've heard, they had their, remembering some guys. Yeah, exactly. Remembering some guys. But they had they had their moments, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they both had a couple, like a walk-off hit here and there. Mm-hmm. 
but then after they got all those guys, they had that whole thing with um, Devin the catcher, who's still yeah. under contract to them, I think. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to you know, translate into them getting any kind of interesting NRIs this year. Well, in the uh, in the spirit of Christmas, Greg, I will uh, I will leave you with this happy mm-hmm. thought: the number one comp for Edwin Diaz in twenty twenty is Jose Valverde. Uh, great talking to you as always. Yes, good to be here. Holiday, but all this energy to already rushed just cause it is the tis the season, but the perfect gift for me would be Christmas by myself. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.